as I earned more, I got more unhappy and more unfulfilled. And I started to realize that when the money goes in your bank overnight from whatever deal you've been stressing about for six months, it didn't impact my happiness at all. In fact, it actually deteriorated. So I, I just had to, I had a bit of a, a bit of a breakdown and a bit of a breakthrough, uh, realizing that I need to think more about actually what I want to do while I'm here. And I think it was, it's probably one of those realizations lots of people had. I feel like I might've had it slightly earlier. Welcome to Screw It, Just Do It, the number one ranked entrepreneurship podcast for business owners, entrepreneurs, and those aspiring to be so. The aim of this show is to showcase the world's most inspiring and interesting people who've decided to screw it, just do it. We offer 20% inspiration and 80% education, giving you the tools and advice to start, grow, and scale a successful business. I'm your host, Alex Chisnell, fellow entrepreneur, podcast agency owner with a number one podcast and startup advisor to global startup generator and early stage VC, Antler. Each week, I release two episodes, a Q&A every Wednesday with one of the world's most inspiring figures, plus a solo episode every Saturday where I cover the challenges that all of us are facing as entrepreneurs. If you enjoy listening to this podcast and you've ever thought of hosting your own show, then I've now put together a bunch of different options for you. Whether you are a solopreneur or a big brand and you both want to have your own podcast, I've now got a course called Ultimate Podcast Mastery. I've got coaching programs, Alex's Inner Circle, and I've got an agency, Podpreneur, that creates done-for-you podcasts. So if you would like to create, launch, and grow your own show with no experience, no knowledge, and no tech skills, then simply go to ultimatepodcastmastery.com. That's ultimatepodcastmastery.com. Welcome to episode 318 of Screw It, Just Do It with me, Alex, and my guest this week, Mark Whittle, the founder of Take Flight, a peak performance movement compiled of a number one podcast with over 500,000 downloads to date and an event and seminar program. So for the last five years, Mark has provided actionable tools, including productivity hacks, exercise and dietary advice to help people pursue their passion and their purpose. He travels the world speaking with the highest achieving individuals. He shares stories to uncover the mindset, the philosophies, and the daily habits required to reach our best. He's a former athlete and city worker turned lifestyle coach, entrepreneur, mental health advocate, and productivity biohacker. He's got extensive experience providing actionable tools to go after the life you want, which we believe aligns perfectly with this podcast. So... Mark and I got on like a house on fire, as you're going to hear. Uh, we've since become really good uh, friends on Clubhouse. We've collaborated on a number of different rooms, literally on a daily basis on there, uh, talking about everything from podcasts uh, through to productivity. We've had some amazing athletes join us on Clubhouse, the likes uh, of Stephen Warnock and Jamie Carragher um, from Liverpool, Connor Wickham from Crystal Palace, Mark Little from Bristol Rovers. We've had Curtis Mitchell 
200-meter bronze medalist. Um, God, the list goes on and on. Gertrude Steenkamp, um, Rugby World Cup winner with South Africa. I could go on and on. Um, we've had some amazing guests uh, on Clubhouse Hence, um, why we hit it off so well. We've got many shared interests, um, which you'll hear about here. Um, we chat about a number of things, including cold water therapy, uh, which we both um, believe is an amazing routine, which you can incorporate into your life, the, the benefits, which I didn't know all of them in ch in before chatting to Mark, I have to say. Um, and about being authentic with who you are and what you do. He's a great believer in that, about you know what you want to achieve should be the core of your business. Money is definitely not the main driving force of life. Um, as Mark says, you may have a ton of money, but you might never feel happiness because of what you're doing doesn't bring you growth and contentment. We talk about doing something that translates well to who you want to be in life, be that podcasting for us both or other forms of endeavor. Just stick to it, grow it and be a master of it. And it will bring you happiness and fulfillment. And I'm glad to say that's certainly done that in my life. Certainly seems to be doing that for Mark as well. Um, I think you're going to love this episode. So without further ado, screw it, just do it. Mark Whittle. Look, diving in, I always love chatting to, to people who also have their own podcast because they get it. And uh, like yourself, you're, you're over, over 100 episodes. What episode are you in now at this time of recording heading into February? 104 is this Sunday. Okay. 104. Brilliant, brilliant. And did you start it off um, with an idea that you were going to do X amount of episodes or X amount of years? And I only asked that because when I started mine, I had no idea. And then all of a sudden this year, it was like, wow, we've done 300. And in week one, we had two downloads four years ago. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't start it to, to become a business, to become anything that it's become now. Now, similar to you, I just started it because I needed something to distract me, to be honest. Mm. Um, and I thought it would be fun and I got a lot from podcasts myself and felt confident I could create something that was good that people could enjoy listening to and yeah I mean as, as you know it, it I think well, how long ago did you start yours nearly four years ago well re yeah recorded the first episodes four years ago okay mm. yeah so I was three and three and three years and three months ish so that time it was just starting to get exciting in podcasting and it was quite unique to have a podcast actually but if, if you weren't like a well-known celebrity or public figure it was unique um yeah. so yeah started as a bit of a passion project and it's changed into something else <laughs> and has it changed into your full-time business or is that kind of an add-on and, and has that evolved i mean especially in the last year i guess with with the pandemic and stuff how has that all shaped things for you it's now my full-time business but it isn't the podcast alone that's kind of the core yeah, that's where you get mass exposure to people, um, and yeah, there's there's events and speaking and coaching that is all part of the take flight business as well. Mm. And for you, when you were you were, you were setting out, did you, well? First of all, was there a podcast that you were drawn to and was your favourite podcast, and you thought I could do something like this? This is yes. achievable. Yeah, which absolutely. one was it? It was Tim Ferriss. Oh, was it? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Love, mine mine was How I Built This by NPR, okay. but Tim Ferriss was like top three. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love NPR as well, but I only lift, like dipping in and out of that. But Tim Ferriss, I would yeah. listen to sort of three episodes a day. You know, I would, wow. went in at one stage in my life. I really went in and, and got a lot from that. Um, 
funnily enough, actually, now we're, we're talking about it, I've recently just started listening to him again because I had a, a good year or two where I didn't listen to any of his stuff. Um, just gone back to it again, which is which is nice. But yeah, it was him. Uh, I loved Aubrey Marcus. I don't know if you know Aubrey no, Marcus. I'm writing that one down as we're talking. Yeah. That's um, That one, you start to come away from the more business side of things and it's more spiritual, personal development, well-being, that sort of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Psychedelics even. And that was... Um, as I sort of went on my own journey, which we might speak about later, that was one that sort of spoke to me. Mm. And and for you, like before you 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 launched this and this turned into your business, um, share with our audience because I came across your podcast by seeing it in the top fifty alongside my own all the yeah. time every week, and I thought, <laughs> who's this guy? Because I'm looking at you know like Tim Ferriss, Gary V, Andy Frizzella, all these guys, and I thought, who's it? And I didn't even know you, <laughs> you were English or whether you were American or something like that. And I come from an aviation background of Virgin Atlantic, which I, which I did like straight after uni. So like the, the title of your podcast <laughs> caught my eye as well. So yeah, tell me a little bit about you know our audience, screw it, just the audience before you started your own podcast. Um, yeah, that'd be cool. So my background before I started it. So I was an athlete. I played football my whole life. And as, as a youngster, I played at Northampton, didn't get a contract, went on trial at Leicester, didn't get a contract. So started to think, is football for me long term? Um, I took a little bit of a break from it. Ended up going to university, played football there for three years and got a scholarship afterwards to play in America. So I spent a couple of years playing in America, played for a club after I was at college there, got my master's in business administration and basically took the sport as, as far as I could really without turning fully professional. Um, and then I got a job in the city. I, I got injured actually in the US as I was trying to make it for a, for a club. I played for that club for a little bit of time, came back to the, the UK, moved to London and played National League, what they like to be called today, non-league football. Mm-hmm. They like to be called National League. Um, which was amazing, but I was kind of getting towards the end of my career and there was sort of 18, 19-year-old lads who were running rings around me at this point. So I decided it was probably time to hang the boots up. Um, so I worked in the city, worked for two of the biggest companies in the world. The first was Johnson & Johnson. That was my like entry and, and into sales was the role that I did. So I cut my teeth in sales in the centre of London, selling medical devices to private hospitals and NHS hospital trusts. So I'll be stood there in the theatre watching the procedures take place and pitching to the surgeons who have had 30, 40 years experience in operating from a sales guy who had had six months training. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, But it was, it was a great experience and yeah, it got exposed to so much both from a business perspective, but also just like life to see people who were ill and Mm. people who weren't and recovery and all that sort of stuff and be exposed to that was, uh, was crazy. Um, and then I heard about a company that was doing really, really well and they sold a massive deal to Johnson & Johnson at the time for us to use their platform and it was Salesforce. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. And we were hearing murmurs in, in the company around all these salespeople who were making loads of money and at the time that was my goal. That was my, those were my ambitions were to make as much money as possible. So I went and got a job at Salesforce <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was good. I, I enjoyed it. I spent five years there and um, yeah, I made a lot of money but also uh learned a lot about what i really want to do so mm. that's kind of tease up for the podcast and 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 given how you explained that clearly making a load of money is not your number one purpose anymore talk, talk us through that it's clearly a, it's clearly a story there i can uh, change in tonality in your voice so yeah talk us through that i think that i i got far beyond the kind of level of income i'd ever expected 
Um, I'd always set myself goals from a young age. My dad was a coach and had introduced me to coaching practices as a teenager. And I'd also, always seen the power in goal setting. And I'd use it largely in the sporting world to help me take football as far as I could. Um, but then having that sort of within me and ultimately my DNA at that point, I used it in the sales world to sell as much as possible and make as much as possible. And as I earned more, I got more unhappy and more unfulfilled. And I started to realise that when the money goes in your bank overnight from whatever deal you've been stressing about for six months, it didn't impact my happiness at all. In fact, it actually deteriorated. So I, I just had to, I had a bit of a, a bit of a breakdown and a bit of a breakthrough, uh, realizing that I need to think more about actually what I want to do while I'm here. And I think it was, it's probably one of those realizations lots of people had. I feel like I might've had it slightly earlier. Mm. Um, so I started to yeah, look at, look at other ways that I could find happiness. And, and the podcast was actually a way I did that. I looked at people who, from my perspective, were doing great things, building companies, playing professional sport. They were friends of mine at the time who I was lucky enough to know and have within the network. So I was thought, you know what? I'm getting loads from podcasts myself. When I create my own, I think I could be good at it. Why don't I speak to these people selfishly to see how they're happy and, and seem to mm. be having it all together. So it was a kind of, two-pronged thing i thought i'd enjoy it but i'd also get the advice from these people who look like they were successful and happy and did you have any like direct ins relationships to get your first guest because that is like one of the most common questions that, that i get asked and I, i'd love to know someone else's perspective is different from you know me giving them my advice and what mm -hmm. i did well i so the mate the early ones because it was so new there's a quote which says the first through the wall gets the bloodiest and that's kind of what it felt like because I didn't know anyone else who was doing this. And I just went down to an electronic shop, bought a blue Yeti mic, plugged it into my computer and, and just had a go. So my strategy just was to speak to people who I knew who were doing great stuff. Yeah. So they're friends already. So I was on a level. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't necessarily an in there was, there was already a pre-existing relationship. So I had yeah. the likes of Hugh Thomas, who's done ugly, ugly water. I know Hugh. Yeah. He's fellow yeah. Cardiffian. Like me. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so lovely guy. And I knew him really well. Top and guy. we were already very much on a level. Like, the, the book that set me off on this journey of personal development was The Obstacle is the Way. So we just spoke about that for an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my brother and his business partner just got back from rowing the Atlantic. So I had them on the second one to tell that story. Wow. Uh, a friend of mine who who's actually my physio after I finished playing football was Anthony Joshua's physio. So I spoke to him about that. Okay. Um, another friend was a, a really popular uh, blogger, uh, fashion blogger, who had a huge audience and that helped to get a lot of listeners as well. Mm. so I just followed that path and then I and then I got um a very old friend of mine who's essentially a family member really he's my brother's best friend and we've known him since we were like two and three and he played for Saracens rugby club um still one of my closest friends today and then off the back of that introduced me to like Jamie George who's a British Lion rugby player yeah 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 and okay. it just sort yeah. of all uh, went from there Ah, interesting. I literally had an email from Hugh yesterday. That's really? mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what's, he, what's he pestering you for? <laughs> it was me pestering him. <laughs> no, he was just telling me what it was. You know, we've got kind of, yeah, emails every every now and then to catch up. I just get on with him, you know, and we're chatting rugby and uh, stuff yeah. like that, being being Welsh. Um, <laughs> and interesting, I just interviewed the, the guys from Bulk and um because they literally gone from six grand with savings when they met at Loughborough Uni to now as of January this year it's a hundred million pounds sports nutrition business and they've got Anthony Joshua as their yeah. um 
Yeah, plastered. And I was just like, that would love an end to Anthony Joshua. And they're like, we literally get it for two days a year and it costs a fortune, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, I get it, I get it. <laughs> Mate, I've had so many like one degrees of separations at AJ and it's just, even Eddie Hearn, Eddie, Eddie yes. Hearn's podcast now yeah. and he said he was he said he um, can't even get him timed out for it. So yeah, <laughs> that's what I heard. Like a friend, friend of mine here had him down to do a live event, uh, but it was literally the month before he became heavyweight champion of the world and he said the difference in what i paid him and what he's now charging <laughs> it, and he got it with the charity angle of course so which, which is often easier um that's super interesting how, how, how you've done that and for, for you then when you then wanted to uh reach out to to different guests and kind of you know leverage uh, those relationships with the likes of a jamie george were you just then asking for like a referral somebody else that they would recommend coming on or Do you know what mate this was a passion project and i was sick of the environment i was in which was that kind of mindset of a referral or an intro to someone else and almost approaching it as a business so i actually just didn't i just right. was completely myself i was authentic and you know, obviously some of them are really close friends, almost like family. Mm. I didn't need to ask. They are, they, they offered. And I love that. And I still sometimes get that now when I just, I just leave it. And even brand campaigns and just don't say anything. And then an email will come and be like, can you just tell me a little bit more about your listenership and this, that, and the other, because yeah, yeah, considering yeah. a brand campaign, it's like, so I don't even, I don't want to have to sell it. I almost just want to be myself. And if people think it aligns and they come up with the idea themselves, then great. Yeah. I also do recognize that there are times when you're going to have to sell because it, it doesn't always work like that. But in the early days, mate, no, I didn't. I um, I was just ruthless with emails, cold emails to as many people as possible, as oh, often yeah. as possible. Um, mm. And that's the way I went about it. It's interesting. Like when you're talking about your story, like, you know, being in the city and, you know, not being motivated by 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 money anymore. Um, you know, we I've done 300 episodes now and had, you know, had some really high profile people on it but my favorite interview still is someone that I, um, you should get on uh, your show a guy called jamal easel who started a business called change please okay which um I, I won't tell the long story now but basically he'd gone from working in the city and using all of his bonuses to buy um, a load of properties to invest in went traveling in um Vietnam, Indonesia. He said he got on a coach one night to go on a 12 hour journey. A guy sat next to him as an American and he just struck up a conversation. You know, what do you do? Da, da, da. Um, you know, are you, are you happy? And he just said, this guy asked me if I was happy. And literally that was the trigger. And he said, I just, um, this guy then said, if you, and, and Jamal said, he literally thought about it and he said, no, I'm, I'm not actually, I'm not happy. I'm not, I'm not fulfilled. Uh, and this guy said, okay, so if you were sat in your rocking chair in your nineties, you know, not many years left on this, on this planet and you, you reflect, re reflected back on your life, um, would you be happy with what you'd done, what you'd left? And he said, I literally sat bolt upright for 12 hours on this journey, uh, and decided enough was enough. And I was going to make this massive change. So he decided to set up this business called change, please, uh, which essentially helps homeless people, by giving them a job as a barista with like their mobile coffee vehicle. And it gives them uh, like a living wage, um, a roof over their heads, uh, a bank account and um, support mentoring to do that. And he started with a 25,000 pound virgin startup loan, which is 
how I know him because that was my background at the time. And he's ended up turning that into launching in um, America, uh, in Australia. Uh, I managed to get him in front of Virgin Atlantic. His coffee is now served on every Virgin Atlantic plane across the world on every Virgin train. Um, and it's just an insane story that you mm. can literally, and it just really resonated with me when you said that. I just thought you you should have a chat with him because I think you'd get on like a, how to, he was on um, Jamie, what's what's the TV show when they're at the end of the pier in South End, J- Jamie and Jimmy, and they're doing like a food program. Oh yes, I do know, with Jamie Oliver. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, So he had him on there as well. So he gets he gets great exposure, you know, and he's um, been flown out to Necker Island um, for nice. mentoring sessions with Richard. So it's it's a great story. I th- I think you guys would 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 have a lot um, would have a lot in common. Um, yeah. And tell me um, with yourself because it's something that that I found I, I started doing by accident. Started doing solo episodes, and it was only because. I didn't have any material at the time. Mm-hmm. So many people cancelled on me. I thought I need to put something out this week. So I literally researched like my first 50 episodes and tried to put into, you know, what were the daily habits, routines, life hacks that, uh, you know, the most popular interviews I had, the most successful uh, people I'd had on the show and put that into a solo episode. And for me, it'd be, you know, some of the people you've had on your show have been, you know, unbelievable um, achievers in, in their fields. What kind of daily habits, commonalities is probably the word, have you managed to kind of pull out, distill, even tried in your own life? Because I don't know about you, but, you know, if I hear something from one of my guests, I'll try it. If it doesn't work, I don't do it. But I've taken on things during lockdown, like I swim in the sea every morning now in the English Channel, you know, without a wetsuit with a bunch of friends and I, I run marathons now stuff that I didn't do 12 months ago. And I'd be really interested to know your story with, with, in that regard as well. And what commonalities you've seen. Mm. Well, I think that a lot of the stuff I did before, and that's why I started the podcast because I was really keen to create it around something I cared about and was passionate about, which is things like morning routines, life hacks, all that sort of stuff, which mm. as a athlete, I was incredibly self-aware of physically how I could be as best as possible so I'd all, you know, gym was a regular thing for me. Training was a regular thing for me. Competing was a regular thing. And I just started to get into the reading and that sort of stuff. So I kind of consider myself a little bit of a biohacker anyway. Um, and that's why I want to ask people about what they've done. Right? But I think like, I think the one that a lot of people are talking about now, which is getting a huge amount of exposure, and you've mentioned it already as well, is the cold water. Mm. Uh, I just can't sort of stress enough how amazing that is as a benefit both you know, physiologically for you to shift your body and protect it as well, as far as like reducing inflammation, boosting your immune system. Um, and even like on a micro level, it releases norepinephrine into your body. So it's amazing for wakefulness and focus and all this sort of stuff. So scientifically right. brilliant, mm. but, but psychologically, I find that's the thing that's changed. I've done it for over two years. I've consistently had Have a you? Hour. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't it, know. Okay, cool. Yeah. I, I'm totally, I mean, me, the friends doing it with totally, totally addicted to it. And didn't even yeah. know some of those benefits, like you said, like your immune system. I mm-hmm. didn't even know that till about a week ago. Someone's, someone's, because there's so much in the press at the moment. I don't yeah. know if I'm just seeing it because I do it, but. No, everyone's talking about it because I think everyone's just desperately looking for something to do, right? <laughs> and mm, cold water, cold water's catching on because people are doing it and they're going, wow, that actually does make a difference. So, I, but I think although the scientific and physiological benefits are great, the thing that's been bigger for me almost is the psychological benefit, which is when 
you have a conversation with yourself right before you turn the shower cold and you you, you don't want to do it because it's uncomfortable like a lot of the things <laughs> that we do so yeah yeah so you know two years down the lot the road i'm like it's not even a conversation it's not a negotiation anymore i'm just and that and that i just feel like that impacts your day like when there's stuff that you don't really want to do like send an email or whatever it might is like the, the boring stuff of the business that we all have to do you just get on with it and i, I do think it's had a huge impact you do yeah interesting because i i did it and it was you know um I tried like the cold water showers before. And again, uh, I was doing something called 75 hard, which I don't know if you've, you've, you've heard of from um, Andy Frizzella from founder of first form um, like billion dollar American company. And I won't bore my listeners with, um, with my stories again, I've done a few episodes on it, but it's basically exercising for 75 days, exercising twice a day for 45 minutes each minimum. One has to be outdoors. doesn't mm-hmm. matter if it's raining, snowing, thunderstorms, whatever you, got to go out and do it drinking a gallon of water a day um it is um sticking to a nu- nutrition plan slash diet for 75 days it's no cheat meals it's no alcohol and it's reading 10 pages of a self-help slash entre- entrepreneurial book every day mm-hmm. and taking a progress pick every day okay and it's funny you kind of build all those things in and it's really difficult clearly <laughs> but it's so funny in that the some of the things that people have failed on like i've failed a number of times you have to go back to day one and start yeah. again and this guy who listens to my podcast i'll give him a shout out luke hanlon who, who i now know um he he failed on it was something ridiculous like day 65 or something insane and he had to go back to the beginning two months and start again and he'd forgotten to take in a progress picture and i was like oh dude don't worry about it you know you're there carry on he's like no i failed i need to start again and i was just like no and then another guy i know who's like i already work out twice a day this is easy um i already drink a gallon of water a day and he failed on reading 10 pages of a book every day because he said i struggle with reading i've never been a reader so it's just that discipline layering one on top of the other and like you say literally you know waking up hitting the alarm getting up and mm-hmm. going and do doing that thing rather than that person who hits snooze pulls a duvet back over the head and doesn't do it yeah um so you know for me it was like the shower was tough because it had to be for this five minutes and i, I used to get to like two or three minutes and then it was like okay i, I don't think i could do anymore <laughs> but a couple of friends invited me to go and swim in the sea in the summer. And back then in, in May, June, it was a very different experience. You know, we were in the water for far longer, but now it's five degrees in the English channel. Yeah. You don't wear wetsuits, but it's a different feeling. You literally feel like your whole body is on fire. <laughs> yeah. Trying to describe it is, I mean, I'll let you have a go at it now, but trying to describe those feelings. And for me, what I found was really good is because I, again, decided to start running and I literally went from, three miles to 26 miles in five weeks. That was my training, which is ridiculous. And then trying to work out afterwards why my arches were killing me so much when I ran afterwards for three months um, was the fact that by going into the sea, it clearly reduced the inflammation that I was getting from doing this long distance training. But I never knew that at the time. It's only yeah. been articulated since that it's really good for, for inflammation. Um, so yeah, maybe you could talk a little bit about more about the benefits that, that, that you find in that kind of feeling. You might be able to articulate it better than, than I do. Yeah. Well, I mean, t- yeah, talking about the benefits again, it's like what we spoke about there, like the, the anti-inflammation because the, the, the blood is drawn away from the extremities 
So anything that's damaged or anything like that is then going to get the benefit from when you get out, the blood rushes back to that. Um, But yeah, there's a, there's a ton of others, which I've touched on some of them, but the, the feeling, particularly when you're at like five degrees is how it would feel if you could imagine getting frostbite. (laughs) Right. I feel like that is, it's like a tingling. Mm. all over your body tingle that's what i call it yeah and like you said like a feeling of almost like a burning sensation which is strange Mm. when you're covered in ice yeah (laughs) (laughs) but i mean i don't know whether you've got to this stage yet or not alex but i crave it now yeah if i I don't have it i crave it it's like you your body almost gets to the stage where it knows what's good for it and you want to have that feeling so literally got to that stage and i think it was probably november after you know four or five months of doing it and we one of the guys mentioned it and all the rest of us were like Mm -hmm. we didn't want to articulate because we just thought we were crazy for thinking actually drawn towards Mm -hmm. the water and if you miss a day your day is shit (laughs) do you know what i mean you start the day off on the wrong foot Mm And, you know, we mentioned offline before Jay Morton from Who Dares Wins. And, you know, Jay, as he's, as he's been, you know, he doesn't live as close to the sea as I do. So he literally just gets in his bin with a load of ice at 5 a.m. every morning. And, and that's the way he rolls. Yeah. <laughs> You've had him on your show, haven't you? I have, yeah. He was saying that he's going to upgrade to a horse trough. <laughs> that's it. I don't think that's ever been called an upgrade before, but yeah. That's not an upgrade. Now, my mate just bought a barrel, an ice barrel instead yeah. to do it that yeah. way. Because he's got a sauna as well. And we used yeah. to love on the weekends, we'd go back and have a sauna at his afterwards. But now, of course, with lockdown here in the UK, we can't, you know, mm. associate like that anymore, unfortunately. And I'm craving the sauna again. Now, yeah. so. I'm just investing in one myself, an infrared sauna. And uh, I've got, a, I'm fortunate enough, I moved out of London just before lockdown in, in 2020. And Did you? I just yeah. turned my entire garage into a gym. Like, it's amazing. Um, oh. But I'm just getting a, a infrared sauna put in there, boxing bag hung up, and then I'm going to put the bin outside as well. So, oh, so infrared sauna, talk me about infrared. that. I don't know this. Infrared saunas are really good for warming you up when you're cold <laughs> uh, no they're great for they're good for your skin in general so they give you okay. healthier skin there's different types of saunas that you can get but you want to get as much skin coverage as as possible so there's ones that you can have where just on the front or you can get one on your back okay. as well um but oh. it kind of works in the reverse way to the ice right so when you get warmed up you get vasodilated and you can release toxins and everything else that you shouldn't have in your body wow. um it's also really good for if you're training for recovery because you're uh, increasing the core temperature of your body there's mm. also heat shock proteins which you get benefit from for recovery um wow so yeah and then this one in particular that i'm trying to get has different lighting in it as well so it's been shown to shift your mood if you put like a, a purple light or a green yeah, light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, get that. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Wow. I need to upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> Just had this amazing thing built here and um, I literally got like a, a barrel sauna as the next thing on the list, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm going to look at the uh, the infrared ones. That sounds even better, especially like with the tra- I'm training for another marathon now, about to do my first half marathon of the year on um, tomorrow. So oh, amazing. Yeah, so I'll be straight in the sea afterwards. <laughs> um, and look, we, we talked briefly about travel before as well. So, yeah, I mean, for me, my, you know, my background was, was, was travel. And again, it's a bit like the water. It's, it's something that I crave. And I changed instead of interviewing people remotely, we, we, you know, which is, again, really easy 
to obviously start a podcast by interviewing people online. And I was, you know, lucky enough to reach the likes of, you know, Lewis Howes, Pat Flynn, John Lee Dumas, all these legends of podcasting in the US, um, to then making the decision to go to London every month and just coordinate my interviews then. But then I found, you know, the people I was interviewing, and you might have had this, instead of just booking a studio in, in Soho to do it, a lot of them were so high profile and so busy, they want you to come to their workplace. So then, you know, London, as you know, it's an hour and a half in this direction, 45 minutes back in this direction, an hour in that direction. You're like, okay, I can't actually do this in a day anymore. I need to book a night in a hotel and then go and do it the next day. So I kind of got to that stage and I just upgraded all my equipment to like Zoom uh, H6 portable stuff that I could take with me. And then literally lockdown happened so we're all back with a great leveler that is hmm. this technology i think i said you i'd flown to the states to interview somebody and i thought right this is the next stage of the journey i've gone from doing london for a year to now i can literally go anywhere in the world and interview people um tell me about yours and, and how that's gone with you with your path and in that regard as well because i know you're big into your travel as well yeah so just to talk about travel i was fortunate enough to be taken by my parents all over the world so it's been it's been ingrained in me from a very young age and like you, I just crave it. I love to go to new places and I'm big on America. I went there a lot as a kid and I played football there. So mm. I love going there and, and almost, I was almost a reverse of you, Alex. I, I actually did a lot of traveling over to the U S first right. um, purely because I just wanted to see how far I could go with it very early on. Mm. So I went over and spoke with Ed Milet, who's was sort of a, did you? Yeah, no way. Yeah, right, he's he is the business partner of Andy Frizzello, seventy five hard. Yeah, with a Aret Syndicate. Yeah, yeah, RSA. Yeah. I always get a spelling. Yeah, but it was absolutely amazing guy. Um, so flew over to LA, and I was doing some other work with my company there at the time. I tied in three interviews to do there, so I did a, a Super Bowl winner, Steve Weatherford, who won the Super Bowl with the Giants. Yes, I know exactly who you mean. Yeah, Ed Milet went down to his mansion in Laguna Beach and sat on his balcony with him. And Did and you really? No way. Yeah, we spoke. I love Ed Myler. He Same. is unbelievable. So yeah, we spoke for an hour before we even pressed record. It just went so... Wow, his time like charges a fortune, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, to yeah. get wow, amazing, mate. Yeah. Um, and, and some other incredible people, I won't reel off the list, just name dropping, but loads of great people <laughs> in America. Um, so I just really enjoyed doing that. I, I, I liked... I went through a period in my life where it's really, really important. And I still feel like this now, which is why I'm probably suffering a little bit in lockdown, where I need time on my own. Mm. I need to get away. And, and that gave me a, a chance to be able to do that and totally get, get podcasts it. and get that bit of growth and development in those conversations, but also just really get some time by myself and just have a little bit of introspection, which I found so important. Um, and then I kind of came back and just did a lot in the UK, but I didn't do any remote podcasts until lockdown so every single really? one was face to face until lockdown you, yeah yeah so you did do it the opposite the opposite way to me interesting and i, I was literally you know I, I, I just thought london's easy isn't it for everybody to get to i would still going to you know somewhere like manchester or birmingham to do the odd one like al barrett from grenade um i think in like um adam kamani from um pretty little thing things yeah. like that but um I just thought, yeah, for me, the kind of people that was on my, you know, dream 100 list that I wanted to, to interview, we're talking about like Darren Waller, the Las yeah. Vegas Raider before that I was going to get an interview. Um, it was like, that was the next step. And, and again, like you, I'd, I'd always gone to America. I had a love of America as a kid. So I was, I was actually 
we moved to Canada when I was like three months old and I was brought up in Canada. But then when we moved back to England and I, I went to university in Bath, I used to go back every summer to uh, Connecticut to the summer camps and I used to coach tennis, um, football, canoeing, you know, stuff that I had qualifications in. And I used to love it. So I just put those kind of two things together then and thought this, this is what I love. I love interviewing, you know, high performers, people who've exhibited that kind of screw it, just do it attitude that, um, that we have on the show. And I thought instead of just interviewing entrepreneurs, I literally want to take it out. I think I interviewed James Haskell, England rugby player. And I just thought, I don't just want to interview entrepreneurs anymore. I feel like, you know, with that kind of brand name that we have, that you could reach out to all sorts of people in any walk of life that have done amazing things. Um, and then lockdown happened. <laughs> but would you you recommend that? Because I, again, I loved it. It'd been a decade since I've been working with Virgin Atlantic. So to go back to San Francisco and have that time on my own. And I went for, you know, an amazing run to the Golden Gate Bridge and just that time on my own um, in a hotel. Um, I did like that. And I thought I could see, I wouldn't want to be doing it every week of every month of every year, but did you like batch it together and you'd pick like three or four day trip or how, how did you do it? Do like a week to 10 days. Yeah. And it's the, okay. the first like, couple of days is pretty lonely and you kind of like you want your, your wife there or you, you see your friends or whatever and it's yeah it's like, it's like the cold shower you know the first 30 seconds are really uncomfortable the first two days of being by yourself are uncomfortable and when I got into like day three four five I could I could stay there for a month I, I love that quiet time by myself yeah because I'm, I'm extroverted and if I'm around other people that's you know I feed off other people's energy and then you become that version of yourself, right? But mm. it's so, so important to tap into the other part of you, which if you're constantly doing that, then you don't get the chance to do it. So yeah, yeah. I make similar to you. You know, I went to LA and went to Runyon Canyon day one. Like, you know, you got the jet lag and you're up before anybody else. Did you get to see the sunrise? And yes. all those memories are just like, yeah, you can't replace them. I, I want to, in fact, I'd love to move over there. I'd love to move over there. Would you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we we thought about moving to to the Alps for years ago, and even put deposits down on like schools for for kids and stuff like that, because it was like this lifestyle that you could, you could similar to LA, it, similar to a West Coast, whereas you you could literally paddleboard on a on a lake in the morning with a castle on it, you know, it's Europe for you, <laughs> and it literally take you forty minutes to get to the mountain and be snowboarding in the afternoon. And I re I remember back in the day when I worked for Virgin Atlantic, and we'd go to San Francisco, and it would literally be. Um, you could be riding a horse on the beach, for example, and then three hours later, uh, you'd be up at Lake Tahoe snowboarding. And really? I'm like, I love Tahoe. Where, where else can you do that in the world? You know, it makes me question why we. I, I I find myself asking why do I live in England? And I love it and my family here and everything else. But mm. there's you know there's places like that where you can snowboard and be on a lake within an hour of one another and, and doing those activities. You know, similar to like Santa Monica is my favourite place. Just thirty Me minutes too. outside of LA. Yeah, yeah. Like go on the beach and surf in the morning first thing, and then you can go and do what you can work out on the gym at Muscle Beach or That's whatever right. else you want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think these there's so many incredible places. Um, why do we have to be tied down to one, which I don't think we, we need to do, especially not with a job like this either. Not not with a job like this, absolutely. Uh, laptop lifestyle, isn't it really? You, you literally just need your recording device or you literally just need your laptop. You don't need any high-end equipment, but you mm. obviously upscale it as you go. Um, amazing. Um, and, and look, I... I could clearly talk to you for, for hours because we've got a ridiculous amount in, in common by the sound of it without realizing it beforehand. Often, I don't know if you found this, uh, you know, often find that way with some chats I do. I could, I could literally <laughs> end it after 30 minutes because you just think this is really pretty, you know, 
join the dots, you know, answer the questions by the numbers. And other people you meet, it just takes you off in different directions. And you're just like that. This is great. I literally aren't going to get the rest of the questions answered, but it doesn't yeah. matter because it actually segued into a far more interesting conversation. Yeah. I, I luckily recently had more of the latter, but I just, the, the biggest challenge for me then is like, which one are you going to ask? You've got 10 left and you maybe, you know, you've got That's enough right. time for maybe one or two. And it's like, ah, you got to try and whittle it down and decide which one you're going to, you're going to ask, which is, which is difficult. It is. I always say that, that, you know, when I'm coaching my, my students, I, I always say, you know, if you get to that stage and you keep an eye on the time and you literally go like, go like that and you, you might have had, I don't know, 12 questions written down, you've got to make a decision. Which one are you going to ask before you leave that you're never going to regret yeah. <laughs> having never asked? Because you might never meet them again, of course. Yeah. Whilst trying to listen to what they're saying, whilst trying to like... <laughs> <joke everything. laughs> yeah. How long did you get with Ed Milet, by the way? You had the hour before and then you had, had an interview. With the hour episode and the hour before. And then we stayed in touch for a, a good 18 months afterwards. And then... Um, yeah, we've not spoken for about six or seven months, but yeah, yeah, he was he was fantastic. There's a guy called Nick Santanastaso as well. I don't know if you, you're aware of him. No, um, born with a condition called Hanhart syndrome, which means he's only got one one arm. Oh, wow, he, okay. He's huge in the US. He's a fantastic public speaker and he's incredibly motivational. And I flew to Tampa to meet him and stayed in touch with him as well. Like they're all within the same circles. He's Andy Frisellas and all this sort of people. Yeah, there. yeah. But yeah, they're. They're incredibly inspiring. So we need to do the same as what they're doing by over here. Exactly. Yeah, well, I was chatting to someone else again. He said, I'm just off to interview Joe De La Sena. And I was like, no way. He's on my like, you know, top 100 list. And he was like, oh, we're best mates. I was just like, that. no way, right. <laughs> <laughs> Hook me up. It just happens like that, doesn't it? Like the, yeah. the networks, like you just said there, how, how easy it is these, that one, one step removed, isn't it? Yeah. Um, for yourself, like looking ahead now then, t- tell us, um, for everybody listening, like how do you um, join the dots or how, how do they fit together? Like you, your, your podcasting and some of the amazing people you, you've interviewed to uh, your coaching business, mm-hmm. who do you kind of target um, with the coaching? And for you, what is the ultimate aim with that? Is, is there a mission? Is there like a number of people you want to reach? Is there a certain type of person you want to reach and, and bring about an end result, for example? For the coaching. Yeah. So yeah, for the coaching, typically at the minute, high profile people who are the best at what they do, who have either stalemated or, you know, plateaued in what they're doing or maybe lost the love of what they're doing. So that's one thing. And how can we help them get back on track and introduce new routines and new mindset, new philosophy for why they're doing it, why they got there in the first place. Often that's mm. people who have reached every goal they imagine they could possibly have set for themselves. Mm. And they're kind of like, well, fuck, I've done everything now. Like, what do I do next? So yeah. people like that who are, already the best but now want to get better or people who are public figures in the in the spotlight incredible amounts of scrutiny and judgment who have to distinguish themselves as their true selves versus the external pressures that they get right which can get really blurred especially on social media Mm. so we all build this what people call a personal brand which don't particularly like that term because it's, <laughs> Never. you know, it's to me when I see that, it's like, you're okay, so you're building a fake personality which yeah, you yeah, put yeah. out there. Mm. And some people, some people do really well from that. But, you know, from where I'm sitting, I, it doesn't work for me. I wouldn't want to be inauthentic in order to create a version of myself which isn't necessarily true. Mm. And I think that some people blur the lines between that when they're building their own brands, um, whatever you want to call it. So working with people to help them distinguish, you know, who they really are versus. A, who they want to be and they aspire to be, but also what's being pushed on them from the outside world, what the outside world is trying to tell them who they are. Mm. 
Amazing. And, and I always ask somebody who's got a podcast this question, um, who's top of the list for you? Um, clearly Tom, Tim Ferriss is up there, but who, who else oh, yeah. have you, you want to chat to that you haven't chatted to yet? Well, we said AJ. I'd love to have AJ on. Yeah. Had some had some fantastic boxers on and Eddie Earn, obviously, as well. So I love, I, I think boxing or fighting in general is such a fantastic metaphor for life. So I love speaking to those guys, especially with some of the black, the backgrounds of like, you know, coming up from rough neighborhoods or whatever. It doesn't, doesn't even actually have to be that. I had George Groves on, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. particularly rough area, but just like his mindset, like the fighter mentality is, I love that. Do you think um, you could have a good conversation with Conor McGregor or do you think you'd be able to get a word in? <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind if I didn't, you know, sometimes like, <laughs> exactly. I'll just let them go. Let him yeah. speak nonstop for an hour and I'd love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'd love to get on Tim Ferriss. I'd love to get Aubrey Marcus, the two people who inspired me to start my own podcast. Uh, Ryan Holiday, who's the author of my favorite book. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That'd be cool. Um, I'm going to peer over at my list over here. Um, I'd love to have Fern Cotton on because I think what she's created with Happy me Place too fantastic and it's a great um, business model as yeah. yeah as well as just a fantastic podcast with great guests yeah 100 yeah, and because of my previous uh persona and role in sales i'd love to have the wolf of wall street uh, yeah yeah do you know who my first ever interview was and i'm going back many many years but well i literally finished uni um where i'd started like a hospital radio show and then i i went into the bbc as a journalist um uh, and and then hosted uh, like a youth program, but my first ever interview was uh, Lennox Lewis. Oh, nice! Yeah, so I always just think that's a good one, like heavyweight champion of the world at the time. Yeah. Pretty good one to have. <laughs> 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 yeah, he's just talking about potentially coming out of retirement and fighting again, isn't he? Is he? No, yeah. not him as well. Really? He said it on the Joe Rogan show the other day. Yeah. Oh, my that was interesting. That. I met. Wow. Um, I had Tony Jeffries on. Do you know Tony Jeffries? No. One bronze medal at Olympics for us. He's a boxer, um, guy from Sunderland, has a fantastic business called Box and Burn, two two sites in Santa Monica, boxing gyms where okay. all the celebrities train. So when I was there, Kevin Hart was training and all these people. Oh wow. Um, but I just remember I've just done an interview with Tony Jeffries and I walked out of the exit and Audrey Harrison literally walked into me and I you know, I came up to his chest basically. How you doing? And I just said, Audley, how are you doing? And he was like, yeah, 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 good. Almost like batting me away. I was like, I've yeah. just done a podcast with, with Tony. Like, would you fancy doing one if you've got time in the next 24 hours? I'm, I'm in LA for another day. He yeah. was like, no, 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 thanks, mate. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> really? <laughs> completely binned it off. Funny you should say that. So I had, at the time, I uh, had Lennox Lewis and Frank Bruno mm-hmm. to interview. And most people, when I when I say this, who, who do you think I had the best chat with? They all say like Frank Brian. I said Frank Brian did exactly what you just said mm. to me. He literally just batted me, literally batted me out of the way. <laughs> literally <laughs> like batted me out of the way. Mumbled something that I don't know what I can't even recall because it was so long ago what he said. But it was just like like really like frowning and like get out. Of Whereas Lennox Lewis was just an absolute diamond and i'd since met him on a virgin atlantic flight when i when i met him um you know met some um and he he was amazing he literally offered tickets to go to his fight in vegas uh whilst we're on the plane to all of the all of the crew who were on on the airplane um and uh trying to think who else we had had a couple of other amazing boxers at the time uh our names are going to fail me now um so um what's his name chris yeah, Brighton, oh. with a monocle and the jacket. Yeah, Chris, Chris Eubank. 
Chris Eubank, yeah. Chris Eubank, and who, who who did he have those fights with? Like the ridiculous fights going back a couple of decades now, where they ended up having a couple of series and they were like really bloody fights. I'm trying to think, like mm. Nemesis in the UK. Um, yeah, I've lost his name now. Yeah, Nigel Ben. Yes, I met him as well, and he was a super nice guy, super mm. super nice guy. Yeah, um, no, yeah, great. some of, some of the nicest people. Um, absolutely, I'd love to interview Conor McGregor as well, just to see the man in action. But you know, there's certain ones that you can only do in person, aren't there? Even if oh, yeah. only just yeah. to make that connection. Yeah, like you said like an Ed Milet to to do mm. that and have that connection is. I'd love to go back to the my rule of only doing a face-to-face to be honest Alex because you never know do you like like you were talking about Jay and how we've been on both of our shows like you know they are friendships that get forged in in those moments and yeah you never know who you're going to strike up a relationship with you never know who you're going to meet and never speak to again but you know it's right. just there's something different about doing it face-to-face whether it's energetically in person how that works I also think with remote recording it's difficult when you're trying to decide not, not when to interrupt necessarily, but when to jump in and when to keep it flowing. And it, it tends to be a bit more of a tennis match. Like, right, here you go. There's the question. It, that, here's the answer. I, I, I was trying to explain that the other day. That's exactly it. Because even though you can see each other, you can't pick up the the subtle mm. kind of body language of, of being around someone. You just take yeah. a cue, don't you? And you know when to wait and relax. Very yeah. different. And you know, even if there's not a time lag, which there, which there is sometimes, but it, you're right. It's literally like that game where you used to hit a, tennis thing around the screen mm. with a block yeah. in the 80s <laughs> yeah, so just wait for them to return the serve I did one with yeah. Steve, Steve Redgrave the other day it was lovely and um, talking about his his Olympic career and everything else that he's you know he overcame awesome book by the way one of my favourite books yeah it's brilliant I read it yeah. as part of the research actually I didn't know about it before but I mean he even so you'll know obviously overcame well not overcame but managed ulcerative colitis and type 2 diabetes during his sporting yeah. career which is insane to think that he had that output and performance, but the yeah, mindset, what, isn't it? Again, and, yeah. and, and the engine that he had, obviously, under all those years. Yeah. yeah, and it's interesting hearing about his parents, what they were like, and how that's created his kind of mindset. And I love all that stuff. But yeah, that was one where it was just like, here's a question. And it was just like, just he just went for like five minutes each time, and and it was great. And I was happy to hear the stories and stuff. But you, if it was in person, I would have liked to think we'd have had a little bit more of a connection, a bit more of back and forth, and, and yeah, hundred um, percent. Well, look, Mark. Um, for those of you who want to find out uh, more about yourself and your podcast, uh, obvious place to go, but I'll let you um, have the last words of the show. And again, I, I could literally talk to you for hours, um, but I know you're you're probably as busy as I am at the moment. So I don't know, it's lockdown. You just seem to fill the extra time with extra stuff, don't you? Which is not a good thing, I know. Well, you just sit here and there's always an email to reply to, isn't there? Yeah. So just keep going. Um, but no, thanks, Alex. It's, it's been a pleasure. And yeah, admire all you're doing as well. So it's been, uh, it's been nice to finally meet but yeah take flight is on every podcast platform and uh at mark Whittle underscore tf on all socials and yeah pretty active on there so happy to connect with anyone awesome and it's a great podcast like i said i first came to my attention because i literally just kept seeing it in the charts alongside uh my own i just saw who the hell is this appreciate it thank you very much no cheers alex thanks mate So I hope you enjoyed that. I'm sure you could hear the fact that um, definitely got on like a house on fire on that one. It was one of those episodes that uh, could have chatted and chatted uh, and we did continue chatting offline. And then we've um, joined forces on Clubhouse uh, and are doing a bunch of really interesting rooms with some 
amazing, amazing people, as I alluded to um, at the beginning, the likes of a Jamie Carragher and Stephen Warnock from Liverpool, a Curtis Mitchell, a bronze medalist, world champion, um, international World Cup running, winning rugby players, you name it, we've got them all in there. It's insane. Um, and look, for me, we've had a very similar journey. I think that's why we hit it off. Um, we're doing something that translates well to, to who we want to be in life. And, and for both of us, it's been podcasting. And we've both stuck with it, nearly four years for both of us. Um, we've grown it. And it's brought, brought us both massive happiness and fulfillment and contentment in life. And for any of you out there, you know, there's no reason. If, if Mark can do it, if I can do it, and we're doing different things to earn a full-time living through podcasting, then there is no reason why anybody else can't do it, why you can't do it. If you'd like to learn how to launch and grow your own number one rated podcast like this with zero experience, zero knowledge, and zero tech skills, come and join me at ultimatepodcastmastery.com where I've just launched for a limited number of people a brand new podcast membership course. So you'll get access to my ultimate podcast mastery membership course. You'll get my digital workbook, my progress sheet, my launch checklist, and all of the nitty gritty cheat sheets, templates, and scripts, the podpreneur way. You'll also get weekly live Q&A with me, exclusive WhatsApp group chat, and entry to my private Facebook group, as well as access to all my past interviews and trainings with special guests as well. This is available for a limited time for a limited number of people. So once it's gone, it's gone. But if you'd like to learn how to do exactly what I'm doing now, then I'll show you how. Head on over to ultimatepodcastmastery.com. If you found value in this free podcast, all I ask is that you tell somebody else about it. You don't have to leave a review or write a post on social tagging me in the screw it, just do it hashtag. But if you do, I promise to give you a shout out on a future episode and you have my eternal thanks. I'm at Alex Chisnell on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook, plus at Alexander Chisnell on Instagram. Alongside the Screw It, Just Do It Facebook page, this houses the Screw It, Just Do It community and has the most up-to-date information on all things Screw It, Just Do It, including all of our live events. I love hearing from you if you either message me on LinkedIn or email alex at screwitjustdoit.org. I promise to reply. Just give me a little time.